And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, guys? Zach here. Welcome to another episode of MLM Rebels. I'm excited to spend some time with you guys here today. I am in Texas, as you know, and it was yesterday when I recorded uh, the episode, it was like 70 degrees. It was 70 degrees and sunny. I was standing outside in a sweatshirt. Today, <laughs> I'm outside again, but I have a winter jacket on. It is cold. It's like 30-something, maybe 35. Um, but, I mean, being from Chicago and stuff, 35 is that's like summertime in in the winter so i'm like totally i'm i'm, I'm definitely a little brisk but i'm comfortable <laughs> um <laughs> but if i look at if you look at the weather app uh for like chicago or any of the chicago suburbs it is it's getting cold like really cold tomorrow's gonna be like negative 15 that's without a wind chill so i don't know if you're if you're from a cold area you know what wind chill is if you're not wind chill is how much wind there is and how much colder it feels with the wind so like the air temperature is negative 15 with wind chills like negative 30 <laughs> so i feel really bad so i'm like I texted a few of my friends and I sent a screenshot of the weather in like where they live in Chicago and I was like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> and I sent a screenshot of where we're at and it's supposed to be raining for a few days, but it's like between 50 and 70, but there's like rain. <laughs> I sent him a screenshot of our weather app and I was like, yeah, this I'm, I'm pr- pretty pissed about this rain though. Uh, that's funny. Anyway, hopefully you have an amazing day. Trust this message or this uh, this podcast finds you well and uh, ready to attack the day or the evening or whenever you're listening to this. And uh, if you're in the car, hopefully you have an amazing drive and uh, be safe out there. Anyway, wanted to chat with you guys today about um, uh, network marketing versus high income jobs in terms of passive income creation. So kind of a sequel to the network marketing versus the stock market, which we went over yesterday. And if you're, uh, to give you a really brief recap, um, a few years ago, we wrote a report called Network Marketing versus Everything. And it was just comparing uh, the power of network marketing to create ongoing income versus pass, uh, excuse me, versus other methods to create ongoing income. And uh, if you want the full kind of like intro as to where this came from and that kind of a thing, just go back to yesterday's episode with the stock market one. 
network marketing versus the stock market, and then I'll give you that. But uh, for those of you that are uh, following, <clears throat> I don't want to make you re-listen to everything uh, like if I re-explained it. So just go back to the other episode if you want the kind of the intro. To dive into this one, as you guys know, we're using the, the number $50,000 a year as our benchmark, and we're going to be comparing high-income jobs. So clearly with a high-income job, there's not passive income involved. There's no ongoing income involved. It's just higher earning people um, that can then take their money and invest it typically in, like yesterday, the, like typically the stock market. Most people are investing in mutual funds, 401ks, index funds, uh, things of that nature. Um, some people, of course, are doing the real estate game, but I would say the vast majority of Americans that are in the high-income job world are just putting money into their 401k slash index fund, so that's what we're using for this. Uh, one quick piece of math that I realized I misspoke yesterday. The report is correct, but uh, yesterday I think I misspoke. So in order to create $50,000 of ongoing income through a uh, an index, index fund or some sort of safe return, um, I said yesterday you'd have to put $1.25 million away at a 5% return. Um, that would actually yield you $62,500 per year before taxes and before uh, inflation and all that stuff. Um, so the real number is $1 million in an in a investment that yields 5%. Um, I used 4% in the report because at the time we were gathering data from a friend of mine who I mentioned yesterday who worked at Goldman Sachs and handled $100 million plus clients. And his answer to us was a really safe investment that you can be you can pretty darn well bet on is 4%. If you start to climb higher than that in uh, in anything to do with the stock market, like it could happen, of course, it totally happens. It's just, you know, you, you might not want to bet your bet your life on it, but 4%, you can, uh, you can pretty much do that. So, um, so that's where those numbers came from. Um, we'll, we'll kind of stick to that, but just know that if you'd use the 1.25 number, and you use 5%, which um, from what I've seen, it seems that 5% can be relied upon. Um, after you pull out you know, management fees, inflation, things going up and down, blah, 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 as long as you're keeping stuff in the markets and you're not pulling it out when th- something goes bad, you're not listening to the talking heads on TV, that kind of a thing. Um, however, I am not, I've never handled nine-figure clients for Goldman Sachs. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, So I think what we'll do is for this, we'll use the 4% number because that's the number that I got from that friend of mine. Um, And uh, we'll rely on his advice rather than my own. Um, Okay, so let's move into this. So the IRS, as of uh, a few years ago when we wrote this report, classified high-income earners or the top five to ten percent of income earners, as anyone making over hundred grand a year gross. Um, so there you go. It's probably a tad higher now. It's been a few years. I would say it's nothing more than one hundred five. It's probably still a hundred. Um, so the top five or ten. So that for sure, the top ten percent of income earners in America make a hundred thousand dollars a year. I think it's actually a smaller than that. Um, so we're going to use a hundred grand as high-income earners. I know some of you make much more than that. Uh, I know some of you, um, you know, you may be still on your way, and that's okay. But we're going to use 100K as that place. So here's where we're, here's what we're looking at. You can um, work your way, basically work your way for 
however long, um, to earn that much money at a job. And if if you have worked enough to make a hundred thousand dollars a year at a job, I commend you for that. There is no there's no like part where it's like, haha, you have a job. Nope. Like I totally commend you that. Commend you for that. Before I actually left her corporate job, she had a six figure salary. Um, and I, you know, to be honest with you, I never did. Like I made good money in the corporate world. Um, I was going to make a, a multiple six figures the last year I left, but it was in sales. Like I never, I didn't have a skill set that could produce a six figure salary. I still don't. I don't think, I mean, maybe I could take my copywriting abilities and go get a job, but that's the only thing I could probably do and actually make six figures without, you know, being in sales. So if you've done the work to have a six-figure job, congratulations. And even if it is in sales, that's amazing too, by the way. So congratulations. If you're, let's say you're starting out, okay? Let's say you're starting all over again and you have your, your paths to choose. The first path is, you know, wh- whatever, just something else. And the second path is what we're all kind of taught to do, which is go to school, kind of stay in between the lines as much as we can, go to college, get a degree, and then take the degree and go get a job, right? Okay, perfect. So that's what we're supposed to do. If I'm going to make a six-figure salary, I'm going to probably have to do that, right? Like, the only really variable to that is if you're an outlier. Maybe you're re- you're maybe you're a sales killer and you can make a good income that way. Maybe you uh, you know kind of followed a, a more independent path and you kind of worked your way in kind of a, you know sneakily. But most likely, if you're going to make a six figure salary, in most cases, I know there's exceptions. In most cases, you're going to have to follow the path I just said, where you're kind of doing the thing that the world tells us to do. Okay, so average student loan debt, uh, as of a few years ago, is $35,000 for the average student. I know for a fact that a lot of people, I mean, that's a report, that's a stat that I pulled, but most people I talk to, most people I talk to are way, way, way over that. Um, When I was building the first MLM company, um, we would, you know, build it in person. So I would talk to hundreds of thousands of people, a lot of of them being fresh out of college or a few years out of college, and they had way more than 35 grand of student loan debt. Um, Like at least double, triple, quadruple. Uh, I had a gal on my team who's six times that. Um, So, yeah. But according to some statistic that I found, it was 35 grand of average student loan debt. Average salary coming out of college is like 40 grand a year. So people always think they're going to make like a bunch of money. Now it's like 40, $43,000 a year. Um, that's usually what people make coming out of college. To uh, crunch the numbers for you, this is I actually haven't done this math uh, recently. I'm just kind of going off of. Uh, experience from, you know, friends that are paying off student loans and that kind of a thing. Um, a $35,000 student loan payment, I think minimum you're going to be paying like three to 400 bucks a month, um, on that payment. Uh, I've got a relative that has 85 grand, I believe in student loan debt. His payment is like a thousand dollars a month. The friend that has 180 is also a thousand, but they've got, they've done all sorts of like (laughs) backwards, weird trickery to, you know, get that student loan payment down. But like, she's basically just paying interest on it. Um, so we got to factor that in, right? That's a, that's a payment that we have, and we're going to do all this work to get a degree to then make some money. So let's pretend we, we go that route. That's cool. And we go ahead and we work our way up and we eventually make a hundred thousand dollars. Let's just pretend that everything works perfectly. We do get the raises. We do make the six figures. We're part of the 10%. And, um, let's just pretend the student loans go away. We are super diligent about paying off our student loans. Let me ask you this. 
what's most likely to happen as our income increases? Do we do we say, oh, I was making fifty grand a year, and now I make sixty? I'll just keep, I'll just save the ten thousand, and I'll and I'll put it away for a rainy day, or put it into investments. Is that what happens, or did most people say, oh, sweet, I'm gonna now get a, a car upgrade? Now I can do the kitchen remodel. Now I can do, I can you know now we can have a kid. Whatever. Do do we typically expand our lifestyle to meet our income, or do we save the difference? We expand our lifestyle, right? Did you know that seventy? I think it's seventy three percent of Americans have less than a thousand bucks in their savings account. That's like that's that's <laughs> three out of four people that you walk by have less than a grand in their savings account. You can't even survive for a month on that. That's that's crazy, 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 crazy. So I think we can all agree that most people's expenses increase, they inflate with their income. Um, I mean, I've got friends that, like, I know people that make really good money. And if they were, if they ran out of a money, if they ran out of their supply for, if they didn't get income for a few months, they'd be really screwed. And um, that's just so dumb. <clears throat> so this is this is the world that's out there. Okay, that's that's what's happening. But let's just pretend. Let's just pretend. Let's give everyone the benefit of the doubt that if you're making a hundred k a year at a high income job, which, if we're all being honest, it's not really that high of an income. Um, yeah, I mean, like, in case, it, like, if you've been on the side of making a hundred k plus, you know what I'm saying. If you haven't been. Let me just explain to you that $100,000 a year is not actually that much money. That's five grand a month take home once you take out your taxes and you pay for some sort of insurance, some sort of like health insurance. That's five grand a month take home. That's 2,500 bucks every two weeks. That's $100,000 a year. That's the American dream that most people are aspiring to. That's 100 grand a year. So let's just say that we're after that and we do a hundred, we make the hundred thousand dollars and we want to have 50 grand of passive income. That means we have to scrape off 1.25 million dollars over the course of the next, um, I don't know, let's say we have 40 years working. So if we have 1.25 million dollars and we have to divide that by 40 years, that's that means we have to save 31,250 dollars a year. That means that we have to save. $2,604 a month. Did you did you catch what I said about how much um, money you actually make when you when you when you make 100k? You make about 5 grand a month take home. <laughs> that means you got to save half of your check. You got to save half of your check in order to hit this goal. Now, of course, I'm using linear approaches. I'm not factoring any more raises, nothing of that. But I'm literally saying you have to save 50% of your income. So am I completely bashing this method? No. Um, am I saying... <laughs> I mean, kind of. But, but no, I'm not. Like, literally, if, you have done, if you've done the work to be in this boat, I, I seriously commend you. I, and I commend your work ethic. And I com- like, you've done something that most people can't do. Like, sincerely, I commend you. It's hard work to get there if you're there. So, mad props to you. Do I think it's the best method to create 50 grand a year of passive income? No, I absolutely not. I think it's, I think it's not the best method to make 50 grand a year of passive income. Um, now, of course, if you're, if you're in a high income job and you keep your expenses really low, are there other avenues to create passive income with your excess money? 
Yes. And that's what we're going to be talking about with, uh, with real estate investing. Um, do I think what I just described is a good idea? No. Here's the problem. That's what most people are doing in America. They're trying to make as much money at their job and so they can inflate their lifestyle and then they can put like 5 or 10% in a 401k, which is a stock market. It is the stock market. That's uh, plus bonds and whatever, a few other things. But that's what it is. What I just described is what like 95% of all employees are doing, which is where most people in America are. They're employees. And 10% of them are making as much money as I said. So like, it's just to me, like it's not a good way to create 50k of passive income. Um, now, quick little, quick little thing, thing I want to like add in. Uh, having a job is not a bad thing, you know. Um, our, I, I don't think you should be desperate for money. There is, there is a select group of people that operate better with more freedom, and not having like not having constraints of a job. But like that's a pretty small amount. Um, the vast majority of people should build a business on the side of their job and should not be desperate for money. So don't like take this as like, oh my gosh, I need to quit my job immediately. No, you just need to get out of your job with a business of some kind, be it network marketing or whatever. Uh, obviously, this is the MLM Marbles podcast, so I would suggest doing something in this realm um, when you're first starting out. But yeah, anyway, you kind of get the point. Um, we compared yesterday. Uh, again, go back to yesterday to, to understand how how fast slash slow, basically the, the predictable time frames of how you can make $50,000 a year uh, in recurring or ongoing income in network marketing. Um, I used the example of 10 years. <laughs> I think it's well, it's, it can be a lot less than that depending on the methods in which you're building with and how big of a team you have to build. Um, but we, what we went over that yesterday in the, uh, in the episode. Um, I know people that have done that in, I mean, you know, I've got friends that have built a multi-six-figure recurring income business in three years. Um, so like some, like I gave some extremely conservative numbers in network marketing yesterday, um, but uh, but you can obviously do it a lot faster. And remember, with all of this stuff I just said, like I'm not against any of this stuff. I mean, I, I definitely, I'm choosing the path that's right for us. So I guess in a way I am against some of it. But I'm not trying to convince you to be for something or against something. I'm trying to present, present information because this, these are things that I thought about. Like I literally got confused for a while. Hey, should I be should I be doing this network marketing thing or should I be going back to school and like becoming a, like an engineer or something? I literally thought these things. And then when I started doing the math, I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, I, this might not make sense. You know, I then, and then I had, I st- I have friends that are currently going back for masters and PhD programs. Um, and if, and if people are going, if you're going back, if you're considering that, if you're going back for a master's or PhD program and the motivation is to get smarter, then by all means go back. If you're going, if you're a doctor and you need to get a doctorate, like, please go. But if you are, you know, in in a field where it's not totally needed and you're just going back because it seems like that's what should be done, well, I think we need to ask ourselves: Am I going back to get smarter? Am I going back to make more money? Because upon some research, you'll find out that incomparable fields. Again, I'm kind of excluding like a physician or whatever, but in comparable fields, in most cases. The average master's person that holds a master's will make six to twelve thousand dollars more per year than someone who with not without one. 
six to 12 grand. That's a thousand bucks a month after taxes and blah, 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 blah. That's like $400 a month, maybe 500 a month more in extra income for us. And what, what does a master's program cost, right? I have a relative that is considering a master's program right now. Do you know what the, do you know what the cost is? I mean, granted, it's a very nice school, but it's like 80 grand a year. And I think the cheaper one is like 40 grand a year. It's a three-year program. So minimum at, a, at, the, at the smaller version, that's $120,000 a year of debt. And, uh, excuse me, $120,000 total of debt, of new debt, uh, on top of the original, you know, degree. And the increased income could be $12,000. Now, for this person's particular discipline, um, it, could be, uh, it could be higher than that. Um, because it, it, like it, it brings them into a totally new field. Um, so it could be a, a $20,000, $30,000 increase. But even if it was thirty grand, even if you'd make thirty thousand dollars more, like it just ask yourself, is it worth it? Crunch the actual numbers, and then say, like, could I scrape off the extra money to pay off my loans? You know, this math has to get done before you acquire the debt. It's one of the saddest part. It's the saddest part about the school system to me is that it's like the one industry that you can basically you can sell a kid, a seventeen year old kid, a sixteen. You can sell a a child. Uh, a, like a an education that cost you know hundred thousand dollars this and they have no money they have no money a lot of times the parents don't have money really either you're selling the hundred thousand dollar education hundred thousand dollar education and there's there's no money there the, they full well know the statistics that um <laughs> that they, they're gonna probably come out making forty to fifty thousand dollars a year and they do it and the, the saddest part is to me that, number one, that this even allowed. Number two is that it's like no one teaches anyone to crunch the numbers or do the math. Like, no, do, they want that money back. When someone loans you 100 grand, they want that back. And no one tells them to crunch the numbers. Like, okay, I'm going to make $50,000 a year when I get out of this. I'm going to make 100 grand a year when I get out of this. How long does it take me to pay off the student loan if I'm actually diligent? What about my retirement? And it's just one of the saddest things that I wish, I wish we taught in America. Um, so we want to, of course, talk about that more. But anyway, uh, I think I got a little off track here. I apologize if I did. Um, but hopefully you get a, a, b- a brief comparison between what it would take to make $50,000 a year of passive income via a high-income job if you were to invest the leftover versus fifty grand a year of recurring income in network marketing. Hopefully this helped. And um, uh, <laughs> as you guys know, we have a uh, really cool promotion happening with the MLM Rebels Blueprint. And um, it's actually being released tomorrow. And I am super excited for it. Uh, it's going out to our to our list and all of our like, uh, like our broad- we're broadcasting it through our network tomorrow. And um, I actually, as you know, I, I slipped up and um, <laughs> sort of told you about it, uh, you listening about it a little early. Oops. Um, but some of the like feedback has been super, super good so far, um, which has been really, really exciting because, um, yeah, we're just pumped about it. Like we want to, we want to help people at the highest level. Uh, if you're not aware, I'll give you a really brief recap, but essentially what we're doing with the MLM Rebels Blueprint is we are giving people outside of our company the empowerment 
to build their own version of MLM Rebels. Basically, we're, we're, we're uh, MLM Rebels recruiting system. We're giving, we're empowering them to build an automated recruiting system, a leveraged recruiting system where they never, ever, ever have to talk to the family and friends again. They can generate ma- massive amount of interest into their business uh, and their company like like literally really fast. We had a guy that just came through the program and like I think literally in three days, he set up the first funnel and this is not an exaggeration. Less In less than a week, I think it was four days, but call it a week, in less than one week, he generated like 175 names and phone numbers to call. Now, I don't know like where they broke down to, how many people were actually in the right countries for him or anything like that, but I know from doing this a bit that at least 40 to 50% of those are in the correct countries, like they're in the US. So call it, uh, what is that, 80? Like 80, 80 something? So call it 80, 80 numbers. So that means in, in, in less than a week, he's, he, he literally got 80 people to be interested in his business that gave him their name and phone number for him to call them in less than a week. No family and friends, that's completely cold traffic. And um, he spent, in case you're wondering, probably around 100 bucks. I don't know exactly what he spent, but it was probably around 100 bucks to go ahead and do that. Isn't that insane? It's literally mind-blowing. Um, I mean, the, the comparison is, is, like how, is like driving around and meeting people or digging up your old yearbook and, um, and doing that sort of thing. So that, that's where it starts, and then it moves into creating an actually fully automated recruiting system, then shows you how to automate your downline. Um, we actually reveal the funnel. We actually haven't, ta- we haven't taught this to anyone, but we're, um, we're revealing the funnel that we uh, built for a top income earner who recruits one brand new, when he's running it, recruits one brand new person every single day, roughly. Um, that, that's not including his depth of 50,000 people. That's just him, one person a day. We're revealing that funnel as well. And they were teaching you how to build that funnel for yourself. Um, so that is, uh, uh, that's in that, that's people that are like, yeah. So that's the MLM Rebels blueprint. So it is really freaking cool. And I'm really pumped about it. We are officially releasing it tomorrow. And we're giving it to the first 250 people completely for free. So um, tomorrow, I'm going to give you the URL. If you're really, really sneaky, you can go find the URL because I released it a little early on accident somewhere. Um, don't tell anyone, but I did. <laughs> but um, but uh, regardless, tomorrow, it's completely public, and we are going to let that uh, link be known where you can go ahead and get that completely for free, and um, the first 250 people can get access to that, and I would highly recommend taking advantage of it. Um, we've had, I've literally had, I've had more people like like email me directly, um, like I've had people email us directly and say, hey, could, please, like, let me be part of those 250. Let me be... <laughs> Like, that's awesome. That's super cool. Um, obviously, they just have to be a part of the first 250. Um, but, like, I know for sure this will get, like, hammered. Um, so, if you want it, be ready for it tomorrow for sure. And I will give you that link, let you know where to go, and you can get it completely for free. Sound good? Well, anyway, it was amazing spending time with all of you today. And um, appreciate you listening. And we'll talk to you all soon and see you in the next episode. Thanks.
Thank you.